Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, My Broken Hallelujah. I'm Missy Reed. Thought I would just kind of check in. It's been a couple of weeks since my last podcast, and things have gotten harder. <laughs> harder and easier, or I should say better. Not so much easier. The refiner's fire is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. I, I, I didn't really think it was going to be easy. I just, and I thought I was ready, but this turned out to be a lot harder than I thought. And I've had, gosh, a couple of days last week and a couple of days this week, if I'm being honest, where I thought this is so hard I, I don't think I can do this, Lord. I, I really, I, this is, this is hard. This is really hard. And there was just something inside me that just said, no, start saying what you can do, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And when I say I had to say it a million times, I don't think that would be exaggerating. There were and are some some things I'm having to walk through and things that were hard. There's a deep soul wound that I guess I always knew was there. I thought because I had acknowledged it, even though I know how this works, still <laughs> I find myself doing the things that I tell people not to do. And it always surprises me when I realize I'm actually doing that. And there was a situation in my childhood where I felt abandoned. And, and in fact, I really kind of was. And I had carried this memory with me for a long time. And honestly, I thought that because I knew of all the circumstances surrounding this particular event, logically, it, I understood why why someone did what they did or, or didn't do what they didn't do, but I really didn't. You know, sometimes people will make decisions based on what they think is best and not necessarily in the best interest of their children, but in the best interest of themselves and not in a malicious way, but in a way that does cause damage that causes harm. And in this particular instance, the thing that happened to me was the very thing in the very moment that I knew at eight years old no one was going to come and save me, that I was literally on my own. And when I had to go back and remember, I had all this anger. First, let me start there. All this anger. And I was kind of getting mad. And if I'm being honest, I was kind of blaming my counselor, even though it's not her fault at all. I just kept saying, I don't feel better. I don't feel better when I go and see her. I don't feel like I'm releasing all of this stuff. I do feel like I've gotten some closure on one thing, but I feel even more angry when I leave for two days and I just couldn't figure it out. And I just kept asking God, what is this? I don't understand. And why can I let it go? Why do I not see where it's coming from? And why am I so 
angry. I'm tired of being angry. I feel like this thing is eating me alive and I don't want to treat this person badly because this person's already apologized for things in my childhood. And don't get me wrong. They, this person never sexually abused me or, or anything like that, but they weren't always there and they've acknowledged that and they've apologized and you can't go back and and continue to beat someone over the head over something that they've already apologized for and truly meant it. So I I was stuck. I didn't want to see or talk to this person. I'm, I'm just so angry. I can't get over the anger. I can't seem to access it when Um, I go to counseling by the time I leave. I just, I feel like we didn't really accomplish anything. I I didn't understand. Was I burying it? Was I hiding it? Was I unwilling to give it up? What was the deal? And finally, after a week of really, really wrestling with this, the Lord showed me in a vision, this pain and this hurt, you keep this locked in a safe so tight And it's like, I instantly knew that I wouldn't even let him access it. I just had this vision of this safe, like you buy to keep your valuables in at home. And this hurt and this wound was locked inside the safe. And I would not open that safe to anybody, not even myself, because in this locked safe was also what I needed or what I thought I needed to be able to survive. And I did it at eight years old. I don't now. And I finally, this past week was able to access that and open that up to true healing and getting to the bottom of this anger and as it always is with me, I start having the emotions and being someone who used to could disassociate very, very easily, having emotions and having to feel them more than one day at a time when I feel this deep pain for two or three days. I don't like it, which I would assume anybody (laughs) just doesn't like that feeling. But I'm still in the process of having to learn how to process all these emotions that feel horrible that for many, many years, I would just bury them or disassociate from them altogether. Well, I can't do that anymore. And it's like the Lord saying, if If we don't process this, if we don't look at this deep soul wound that you have been carrying since that moment, and we don't deal with the anger, the anger served you at that moment because you needed it. You needed to be angry because when you left there, things were not going to get better. They were going to get worse for a little while. You needed to be able to put on that almost coat of anger and self-protection and disassociation for that time. You don't need that now. Now it's, you need to learn to lean on me. You need to learn to process emotions. You need to learn to not eat 
your emotions. And I've mentioned this before, but I am in a very, very, very specific fast for 40 days. And there is no eating there. I get food, don't get me wrong, but there's no drowning your emotions in food. I've eaten what I was told to eat and I still have this emotion. And then as someone who would not cry in front of people who would not allow people to see my vulnerability as, because that was always a weakness to me. If you let people see you cry, then that shows them that you're weak. And these people who had hurt me And then the people that abused me and the people that raped me, I was not going to give them the satisfaction of seeing me cry. I would just go limp, go numb, or completely mentally check out. And I wouldn't really cry after. I can't tell you, um, other than the first time when I was sold into child pornography, that I ever cried. I would disassociate and never had to really feel the pain until later. I I did remember what that pain felt like. I didn't have to carry it like it just happened, but I did remember the pain. And that to me was almost like a form of punishment or revenge. If I could hold out longer than you and you didn't think that you got to me. It's not that I wouldn't show my anger. I absolutely would show my anger because, you know, I would, that to me was beneficial, but to show you my fear or my hurt, I would not ever. So for me to set with that (laughs) for a couple of weeks was really hard and not at all fun. And I'm still walking it out. I I couldn't cry. I was stuck. I needed to cry. And then strangely enough, being stuck and not, I just was just so bored. I couldn't even, couldn't watch a preacher preach. I couldn't, I could not watch one thing. I just wanted to be able to sidetrack my mind so much that I didn't have to feel or think about what I was feeling or thinking about. And that never works. But I did log on Instagram and I seen scrolling a video of a woman, Catherine Rinalda, I believe her name is Australian lady. She said, like she was speaking straight to me and said, go in your room basically and close the door, get on your knees and God sends his angel and start praying and God will send his angels to help you and work it out there. So that's what I did. I I felt like that was exactly what the Lord was telling me. The Holy Spirit was telling me. So I went in my room, even though I'm here by myself and I hit my knees and I instantly started crying. And it was this deep cry, this wailing almost of just pain and despair and 
just, I couldn't turn the tears off. And I would think, wow, this is coming from a deep place. This is coming from some place that I don't even recognize it's that deep. I mean, of course I recognized it, but it's not, it wasn't a normal cry. And I couldn't turn it off. I think I cried on my knees for, I don't even know, five to 10 minutes until I just couldn't breathe through my nose anymore. And it was the release I needed. It was this deep mourning and groaning for that space of that wound of that eight-year-old walking in a door and realizing nobody's coming to save you. Nobody sees that you are in pain and nobody is really looking at you. You're on your own. And in that moment of that, that sweet release, I felt better. I felt so much better. That's not to say that there isn't work to be done because there still is. There's not as much to be done. I can now allow the Lord to come in and really minister to that and really speak to that hurt and heal that. I've been able to unlock the safe, I feel like, in the vision that he gave me. And I feel like I can carry on. I can finish this, what he's called me to, and finish strong maybe this fast. It's up on Saturday. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I've completed it well. I, I, I'm hoping he's proud of me for not running away. I've had probably the hardest year of my life. It's been what I feel like is a learning, teaching, pruning (laughs) environment. (laughs) And, you know, I've had some serious battles, some serious, serious battles I've walked and maybe I'm still walking through. I, the dark night of the soul. I've been so dry and, and so, oh, I don't even know the right word for it, in a desert place that I remember just crying out, just let me touch just your the hem, the hem of your garment. Let me just touch that. Just, I need some renewal. I need something. And you know, that, that season finally ended. And then we come into this season and, you know, he, he asked me, he, or told me it was going to be hard. And, and I was entering my fasting season and I would be fasting for things I thought were different things. (laughs) Turns out it's this thing, but that's okay. I'm fine with that. It's just been a lot harder. But I refuse to give in. Even though I said I didn't think I could do it, there was still something in me that just my feet were firmly planted. And I'm still here. I may be hanging on by my fingernails, but I'm still here. You know, and sometimes that's the best we got. 
when you're being pruned and he's telling you, you're going to walk through the refiner's fire. I don't think any of us have a clue of, of how hard that will be or anything like that. Even people who don't have the wounds that I have from my childhood are also having to walk through the refiner's fire. God's just doing something different and it's just as hard on them. They're being called to give up things. We're all being called (laughs) to repent for things that we didn't even realize. And there's a burning off of the old and a promise of entering the new. So if that's you, again, you're not alone. There's several of us that I know of off the top of my head that's having to walk out the same thing. So if it's hard for you, hold on. If you're holding on by your fingernails, hold on. We're going to get through this. I have absolute faith that by us submitting ourselves and and all of these things and allowing the Lord to disciple us and prune us and everything else he's doing, it will allow us to break things off that we've been carrying for years. It will enable us to take back ground that maybe the enemy had kind of got a foothold in, shut some doors And just walk a little bit freer, a little bit happier, and a little bit more on fire. Because that is really, that is really what I want. I want to walk in the fire of Jesus. I want to walk in his fire. I want when people see me, they see him. I want to be more like him every day. And I hope by the end of this, maybe I'm a little bit closer hopefully. (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to jump back on. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been a hard couple of weeks. And honestly, I just didn't have it in me to podcast it. I probably should have. It may have worked some bugs out a lot sooner, but here we are encouraging each other. We can do this. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. You are an overcomer. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You do not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind, and self-control. That even in the darkest times, you will hold on to his light. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. We won't live there. We won't stay there. We will keep walking, knowing that we will get to the other side. I love you guys. I'm praying for you, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.